Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Destin. I am your host, Rashad McGinnis. My co-host here, the lovely Destin Adams. The Destin, lovely. How are you doing? Yeah, the man. I'm lovely. Feeling, I'm feeling good. We're recording a little earlier. That's why my. Maybe. That's actually why my at is the Destin Adams, because um, the lovely Destin Adams is too long. They won't allow it on Twitter. If if first of all. You would no longer be my co-host if you put lovely in your name anywhere in your name. It could be the lovely. It could be lovely. The Dustin Adams. It could be Destin Lovely Adams. No, it won't work. No, no wow. matter where you insert it, it won't work. So it's a bad time to tell you that's my middle name. You know what? Thank you again for another episode of the Saddle Up Show. We will see you guys next week. Uh, make sure you don't miss out. Now nah, I'm just joking. But how you doing, man? I haven't seen you since last Wednesday. Feels good to say that now, you know. I couldn't say that any other time because we had never saw each other in person. But it feels good to say I haven't saw you physically since last Wednesday. How how's the trip back? Um, any closing thoughts on the senior bowl before we get into our questions from the fans? No, I mean I, I I've really been trying to just like go back through. Um, shout out to Molly who runs a little bit of the media stuff there for the senior bowl. Um, she was able to kind of send me over some of the pressers that were recorded throughout the week. So I've been trying to go mm-hmm. through as many of those as possible and just trying to think to myself, like the Colts are going to draft one or more of these guys. So, like, so like my first question to you, actually, no one asked this of us, um, but over under one and a half senior bowl guys drafted for the Colts this year. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. It's a little different because, you know, Ballard wasn't here, wasn't there, I should say, to lay eyes on guys in person, as as he loves to do, because he was busy conducting 12-hour interviews with each individual candidate. But it's different in that regard, but Ballard loves these guys, man. Senior Bowl guys, he has a long track record, countless amount of players, and it's just a couple of guys off the top of my head that I could just see being Indianapolis Colts because they fit that physical ballot profile, the thresholds that that he liked to be met. They meet those, and, and it's a it's a few of those. And I'm sure we'll get into it a lot more once these coaching, once the coaching announcements made, and, and they fill out their staff. I know me and you typically dive in every cycle, and I, I'm excited, man. I'm just excited about a lot of these senior bowl guys, even the guys that I love that don't meet the coach profile. I'm excited to see what those guys land and, and what they can do at the next level because I think we saw a lot of guys that can make an impact sooner rather than later at the next level yeah I, mean, I agree I think the other big thing is just how many of these guys positionally just match up to mm-hmm. where the Colts are going to be selecting um, I think it's going to be a year where there's some early picks that could be these senior bowl guys man right I mean the uh, corners the edge up- rushers 
off the top of your head, who was the first senior bowl guy I took last year? I got a good guess, but I mean, and I'll just say it because uh, this is literally a shot in the dark, and, and maybe you could look it up or I could look it up. Uh, is it? It might be Jermaine Johnson because he, he oh, so, dominated. So, so when when did he go? Because Kenny Pickett obviously is a first round pick. He was a senior bowl guy last year because they were both in the twenties. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson went to the Jets. So, I know he. I know he's a. I know he's a Jet. I, I don't I, know I just where know he, he got went picked. in the twenties. Yeah, because Pickett, you're right. Pickett might be, might be ahead of him. Let's look here. Senior Bowl first round picks of last year. Jermaine Johnson, I knew winning round one. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, while while Destin's looking it up, he simply dominated the Senior Bowl last year. Like he was the guy that looked at the part. He he spoke well. You know he he dominated every practice. He won basically every rep. It wasn't a guy that can block him out there. It was a guy that can win multiple ways. And I was really impressed with him throughout the draft cycle. Uh, he was one of the guys that was really high on my list. Oh, he didn't go to twenty six. I don't know where Pickett went though. Do you know where Pickett? What slot Pickett got drafted in? Had I mean, it had to have been over before that. I would think so too. Yeah, so it might be Kenny Pickett. For whatever reason, this is way harder to find than you would think. Kenny Pickett was twenty, twenty on the nose. Well, so I know Kenny that. Pickett... I, I wanted to see if I could find exactly who was the first person last year. But either way, like first rounders go off the board from Senior Bowl. Um, this year's a little different. Obviously, the Colts need a quarterback. None of the quarterbacks that had the option to be there were there. Um, the quarterbacks that had the ability to be there that could have been interesting to watch for Colts wise um, Colts nation's favorite name in the world. Will Levis. Um, he did decline <laughs> to continue rehabbing in California is what it sounded like. Um, I've heard rumors that Bryce young is a graduated junior. So did get an invite. I don't know if that's he true. Did. He did. He did. He now, declined. Bryce, Bryce young. I understand not going. I still, I still think it's strange that Will Levis didn't go. Yeah. As a guy that's, I think would look good in a setting like this. I, I think it would have been good for him to come out there and dominate, set himself apart from the rest of the quarterbacks. Because let's be honest, it wouldn't have been hard for Will Levis to look like the top quarterback at the Senior Bowl. Um, I'm sure Destin agrees. It, it the quarterbacks just didn't look good, man. They just really didn't look good. So if you're if you're a Max Duggan stand, I'm sorry. Um, it did not go your way at the Senior Bowl. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't go your way at all. And I'm looking, kind of looking at the list. Um, I believe it might be in the shocker. It might be King. It might be Kenyon Green, or it could be Zion Johnson. I know for a fact Zion Johnson was there. I can't remember if Kenyon Green was there. I'm not sure, but I know Zion Johnson was there for sure. And he was selected 17th by the Chargers, of course, as part of that offensive line. Uh, Trevor Penning was there. He also went ahead of Kenny Pickett. He went right ahead of Kenny Pickett, 19. But, but as you can see, the point I'm making here is that there was at least about six guys, seven guys. Cole Strange was there as well. He was a first-rounder. Lewis Seen. It was about seven to eight guys that was picked in the first round. And, and as Destin said, it could be around the same amount if not more this year going into the draft, because there's a lot of talented guys, man. And um, 
How was your trip back? Was your trip back okay? Safe? Having a drive is never my favorite thing. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I, I would do it again. I, I would do it again. Mobile is nice. I got to stop at Bucky's. I don't know if you were li- if you guys oh, yeah, listening yeah. are Bucky fans, but best beef jerky on earth throughout Alabama, Tennessee, Texas, um, a lot of different places in the South. You guys should be looking them up. Um, and we are yeah. not sponsored by Bucky's yet. But we yet. will be soon. I'm One making day. a phone call. <laughs> to the um, Bucky. And right before we get into questions, I just want to tell uh, uh, tell the world, for people that didn't see it on Twitter, that me and my brother are not speaking. We're not speaking because he had floor seats to watch history last night. He watched LeBron break the all-time scoring record. And I was quite jealous. He sent me numerous pictures and videos of him sitting really close to actors and actresses and sports legends, Floyd Mayweather, Jay-Z. I'm sure you saw Bad Bunny, a whole bunch of people that was just there to witness history. Dwayne Wade, of course, LeBron's family. And man, what a what a thing to witness. Uh, it was amazing. I know this is not a basketball podcast. I know people hate LeBron. Trust me, I hated him until he became a Laker, and now I just have to deal with it. It was kind of one of those things where I got stuck with him. But, but nah, man, I, I appreciate just watching history in, in any sport, you know, basketball, football, baseball, whatever. Uh, did you get a chance to see it, Destin, or you was busy? I, I watched it. I watched the little yeah. fadeaway um, mm-hmm. make there. Um, Would have loved all the pregame, like, sky hooks we were seeing. It would have been cool if he would have broke it with that. Such a um, troll, man. Such a troll. But yeah, no, no sky hook for it. But it was a nice little fadeaway. Yeah, it was I mean, clean. It was he, clean. He had himself a nice third quarter to get it. He did. He went crazy. Uh, as usual, the Lakers lost because they suck. So we're gonna get into these questions because I don't even want to talk about the Lakers as a whole. Um, first question. First question is from Scott Eric. Uh, Scott Eric's at name is Scott T. Eric. I feel like we rated his at name before. For sure. And he, his question is, well, first he starts with a statement. Good day, gents. Good day, Scott. Uh, going off of Ursay's tweet yesterday, do you think the Colts have their guy but is now waiting until after the Super Bowl to announce? If so, any rumblings of potential coordinators, coaches being secured before the head coach announcement? Um, so I'll give this. This is a educated guess. So I don't want this to be taken as a full on source. This is what's going to happen. Statement. Um, nah, it will just, be. It will be for this, sure. So I, just mean, get ready. I prefaced it. I'll, I'll quote this. I'll, I'll clip this video. If anyone, <laughs> I, that'll be my response to anyone that's in my mentions about it. But um, to me, the way that I am taking it from what I've heard from certain people, um, I think what they've done is they have narrowed it down to a few names. Um, I don't know how many names. Um, my, my biggest guess from the most is I think they're kind of contipulating like two to four guys. I think like that's the range of guys that they're probably going back and forth on. Um, if I had to guess those names, it seems like Raheem Morris, Brian Callahan, Shane Steichen seem like the top three that everyone's talking about. I think the fourth guy I would say would be Eric Bieniemy, just because for a guy that didn't even get a second interview, there was about to be my so thing. much smoke around his name in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and it's still being possible. And there's a really good relationship there with Chris Ballard and, and Eric B enemy. Um, maybe he's also not being told that um, he's 
not gotten that job because there's hope that Bauer can get him on as the OC. Um, Cause a little known fact, I don't know if anyone's caught on to it. Um, Eric Bieniemy has interest around the league for an offensive coordinator job. And people are probably like, well, he's already an offensive coordinator. Why would he take that job? He's not returning to Kansas city next year. People like it, it the writing is on the wall. They signed a one year deal. Um, well, I've heard, I think I saw today that Washington was a team that's interested in him for that role. Baltimore was another one. Um, I, I knew Tennessee was interested before they just hired an in-house guy. Cause that's what Tennessee does. Um, so that, that's the first thing I, I do not think they know who they want. I think they simply narrowed it down in house. I don't know if they've let guys know that they have not gotten the job, but that has not been reported. Um, the second thing is timeline wise, it's going to have to be by like Thursday or we're waiting until like Monday. Cause the NFL really frowns upon the announcing during Super Bowl weekend. So if you announce on Friday, you're, you're going to tick some people off. So to me, it's got to be Thursday or Monday. Friday, if you're announcing Friday or Saturday, there's probably going to be some pissed off individuals. Absolutely, no Sunday in it. Well, that's not even that's not even an option. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the time, you get leaks, you know, um, during that weekend. But you're probably going to piss a lot of people off if you leak shit. You know, when pe- when you leak stuff. I'm sorry. You know, when people tell, uh, even me or, or Destin different things it's different it's a time and a place you know where we're allowed to say something um sometimes we're not allowed to say anything at all and then sometimes there's kind of like a window okay well if you say this don't say it until you know such and such day so if we do get some information this weekend our hands probably be kind of tired with that you know out of respect for for the people that that's giving us the information you know we'll wait to a suitable time you know you don't just drop things super bowl morning you you typically operate with some kind of courtesy and some kind of respect. I got especially, an alert to my phone. I thought it was a coach thing. Especially but if it was Shane Steichen, by the way. If they were hiring Shane Steichen and it was announced Super Bowl weekend, like that's the type of stuff that gets people to pull out. That's all I'm trying to say. Like you don't you don't want another McDaniel situation on our hands. Exactly. Um, but so this next question is coming from a guy I don't think we've rated at before, Ted Weenie at Ted Weenie N Z. <laughs> Ted Weenie NC. NZ. That's funny. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna go six and a half, man. Ted Weenie Weenie Ted Weenie NZ is funny. Uh but standard at name. I'm not mad at it. You know, it's hilarious. So six and a half for me. What you going? No chance that's his first name, last name. Um NZ no. looks like in his bio, he's an NZ Warriors fan. Um I don't think that would mean New Zealand, right? Um, I mean, that, that was what I was guessing, but I don't know who the NZ Warriors are. So sorry, Ted, um, for not knowing who that is or knowing much about that sport. If it's soccer, that's probably why. Um, I really only saw follow like the World Cup type stuff. That's on me. But um, I'm probably going to go five and a half. Um, just oh, seems, New Zealand Warriors scary. are a professional rugby league football club. Definitely don't know much about rugby. Rugby's fun to watch, though, Ted. And um, the fact that he's from New Zealand, I'm going to bump that up a half point. I'm going to seven. I'm going to keep mine at five and a half. Um, so this is a two-parter. I'm going to let you answer the first part after I read okay. it. And I don't even have to mention it because it's that easy to answer. Any chance we land Morris as head coach and Callahan as the play-calling OC? Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot.
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Oh. Um. No. <laughs> that That's, yeah, that's going to be a no for me. Um. Uh, Ain't nobody you, leaving Cincinnati if they don't have to. Yeah. Uh the the only reason I could ever see Callahan leaving, uh, if he's just won a team, if you want to go to maybe a defensive minded head coach and completely run an offense, but Zach Taylor gives him a, a lot of input on what they do. You know, they kind of almost you can almost say they split it fifty fifty. Uh Callahan just doesn't call plays, which I don't think bothers him in the slightest. Uh he's a very, very Smart guy, talented guy, young guy, and I definitely think he's willing to wait on his opportunity. I don't think he's going to move anywhere and force anything to happen. As long as he stays patient, he'll get his opportunity, whether it's in Indy or it's somewhere with another team next year. All right, we got three trades, and we got to pick one. Okay. Option one, trade fourth, number four pick, 35, okay. and okay. a 2024 first for number one. I'm out. Okay, what's next? Number two, trade number four for Justin Fields. Three, uh, stay at four and draft QB three. Okay, ranking these, uh, the option one would be last, in my opinion. Uh, option two, to trade the four for Justin Fields, right? That would be second. Uh, the number one option would be for me to stay at four and draft QB three. Now, the question becomes, who is QB three? for you and for me maybe two entirely different people uh from us and who the coach believe is qb3 may be two entirely different people because these well, and guys... who people are willing to trade up for exactly I, so... i'm telling people at home man i i like bryce young he is gonna scare like i cannot see a team trading up those kind of assets for bryce young because of the scare they're gonna have i think someone could take him where they're at like, like houston at two i could see it I just do not, and or if Houston tries to flip to one, because I can't imagine that's going to be a huge trade that they have to do. But, He's so scary, man. But that's He's what I'm telling you. So scary. He's my number one quarterback. You know, I've been consistent with that for the past, just because I feel like what he can do 
you know, I don't think any other quarterback can do on the field. And that's and that's the consistency he plays with, the accuracy he has, the his ability to create and get a bucket, uh just consistently. I believe there's guys that can do all of those things, but the rate and the consistency he does it with is, is so impressive. Super talented kid. Yeah. Super super talented. The size is real though. The size is a real thing. And I know there's some people that don't care about it or it's not as big to them. But I mean, obviously, it's not a deal breaker with me because I still have him in my quarterback one. But oh man, it scares the holy crap out of me. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, so, I, I think teams are gonna be two. So I, I just I don't know what it is. It's just a gut feeling, or maybe I'm an op- optimist right now. I think the Colts are going to land a top two court. Like I think they will end up drafting either the first quarterback or second quarterback off the board. Um, and that's just what I think. I, I, I just really have a feeling that it's going to be hard for some of these teams to give up those kind of packages to trade up. Um, and I like I any see of a these team four. jumping to one for, for Levis before I see a team jumping to one for, for Bryce. For that kind of package that it's going to take, like that, that's the thing. And people are and people listening to this are going to hate it because Colts fans hate Will Levis, bro. They, they, do. they hate do. this man. But I feel comfortable with all four of the starting um, four quarterbacks, so that's why option three um, would be number one for me as well. Trade for Fields would be two as well, and anything that involves getting rid of next year's first is going to be last for me. Um, I, I wouldn't even give up the that pick if I got to keep the thirty five. Like I, I have no interest oh, yeah. in next year's first. Yeah. I just don't. Um, but so that that one's a pretty simple one. We got to have some Bryce Young talk out of nowhere, though. But uh, next question, I believe you got it. Yep, it's from at Casio or Casio. I don't believe we rated this ad name because ad name is underscore. It looked like two underscores. Casio, then two more underscores. Woo. Destin, what you giving that ad name? Four underscores. All of them right next to each other like that in between Cassio. Six and a half is a first name, last name. Cassio is your name. Um, I'm definitely going to drop it down all the way to a five, though. Oh, sorry. Not sorry. Yeah. It's it's the underscores, man. That's a lot of underscores. I'm pretty sure the, the at name just at Cassio is taken. Oh, has to be, uh, yeah. We don't, have, we don't have an intern here to check that. Normally, that's one day. Maybe, maybe one day. Inter- he's our intern, and our paid <laughs> podcaster, but uh, yeah, man, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a five and a half. I'm gonna give it a five and a half. Shots Only nice. because aesthetically, it doesn't look terrible. It, the Casio sits perfectly in between that. The I had I had to look side. real close to realize that there was four. I did. Yeah, it, but but it, it, aesthetically, it's okay. So I'm gonna give it a five and a half. I'm not mad at it. Uh, uh, his question is of the. Four top tier quarterbacks. What is your biggest concern for each of them? I figured we could we could alternate. You give one, I give one, and then all right. Um, like so whoever you want to start with, one's right, one's easily. We just discussed one. You say, yeah, so I, I'll start with CJ Stroud. He's my quarterback one in this class. Um, my mm-hmm. biggest concern with him is definitely how he reacts to pressure and he's going to see more of it at the NFL level. So I'm really interested to see how he adapts, how he learns um, and potentially how he interacts with a much worse offensive line versus defensive line setup than he's probably seen in a while. Um, Cause the defensive lines are defensive linemen are freaks, man, in the NFL, all of them um, just about. Yeah. 
So like, it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to that. A lot of guys struggle with that in college, come to the next level and succeed there. Um, but that that's where I have CJ Stroud's biggest concern right now. Yeah. And, and we will find out pretty soon. Uh, was it a, was it a he didn't have to thing or uh, he can't he couldn't thing you know sometimes we see guys in college uh, don't do certain things and we think they can't do it but it's just they never was asked to do it or had to do it and then we find out in the NFL they actually exceed expectations at a certain thing that they wasn't asked to do in college uh, I'm going front door since Bryce is my QB one and I really don't see like a a, a major flaw in Bryce game I'm gonna go with the size of course the the weight you know. He he compares physically to like Doug Flutie. Like it's something unprecedented, unprecedented, and we've never seen a quarterback literally his size be every down, um, every down starter in the NFL. Let alone become an elite player. You know, the, the only guy he even compares to physically in the NFL right now is Kyler. But my thing is Bryce isn't the athlete that Kyler is. So that's what scares me so much about Bryce. You know, Kyler is an elite athlete at that size, and he's a bit thicker build too. So, you know, that's why I have those concerns about Bryce Young. And that's really, honestly, one of the only flaws I see in his game, which is a shame that it's something that he just cannot change no matter what. Uh, I'm going to go Anthony Richardson next. I think the popular thing you're going to see on Twitter is the biggest concern is accuracy. Um, The biggest concern I'm going to go with instead is just how small of a sample size we we got to see of him in college. Um, Not a ton of tape there that called that we got, we got, we never got to really see like college defensive coordinator, defensive players have that like, figuring out sense and see Anthony Richardson have to adjust anything like we see with other guys. Um, and we also just didn't have to see him do it as much as these other guys. Um, I, I do not think I am all that concerned with accuracy issues from Anthony Richardson, just because of how I think he has all the unteachables you can have. So if that's what they need to teach him with, they need to teach him the mechanic sides of it. Like, I think those things have a easier method of, talking a NFL team into as instead of how little of a sample size there really is of the guy. Okay. Well, I agree. Uh, that leaves Will Levis to me. Uh, Will Levis. I like a lot of things about Will Levis. One of the concerns I have is, is his decision-making sometimes, you know, I feel like he trusts his arm. A lot is kind of Brett Farvish in a way, the risk that he takes and, and how much he believes he can make every throw, which is it's kind of like, a you know, you want a guy to be confident, but you don't want a guy to make bad decisions. And I think sometimes when he's sped up, just like a lot of quarterbacks, so I don't want to make this like a Will Levis thing, and he's the only one that does this. But when you speed him up, he, he makes really poor decisions sometimes. And, and that's really my only knock with him. I like what he does physically. I think if surrounded by the proper talent, he can be good. Athletically, he's pretty good. He moves well. Big, strong guy. Can rip the ball. Can make a lot of the throws. If if he can improve on his decision-making, I think he has the upside to be a really good quarterback at the next level. You have the next question, Destin. 
I believe the next question comes from B-Rod at the Coconut Jones. We have rated his before. Build your dream so, staff for Morris, Steichen, and Callen as far as OC, DC, and special teams coordinators. That's a lot. So I say we both take one. Yeah. Like you, you, you yeah. can take your, yeah. you can say your pick of either of the three. Um, since I asked the question, you get to go first. Um, and then I'll take another. Okay. Well, I'll go with, I'll go with uh, Raheem Morris. Uh, Raheem Morris, Raheem Morris being a head coach, I won't be biased. Uh, he has ties with with Gus Bradley. Worked together in the past. You know, they're they're really close. So I mean, Gus Bradley, him retaining Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator wouldn't be a surprise to me. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think Bubba Bubba Ventron would be Bubba Ventron would probably be my special teams pick for any of these guys just because I like Bubba that much as a special teams coach. And I like what he's done here the past few years with, with his Indianapolis special teams unit. Uh, OC will be Zach Robertson. I just think it's so much upside with Zach and, and look, take a look at the job he's done with the Rams. Uh, the work speaks for itself. If you guys aren't familiar with, with Zach Robertson, he's a young coach. Uh, I'm looking up his age right now because I'm not sure just how old he is. You know, former quarterback, obviously, in college. He's been an OC for, I mean, quarterback's coach for, I think it's two years now. He's, uh, I really got to know him when he was working at, when he was playing at Ohio State. My brother coached there in the past. So I, I've been knowing Zach for a while now. He got, he just got the passing court. Passing game coordinator uh, t- title to his his coaching ability. So obviously, you know, anytime you get somebody under the Sean McVay tree, what, what Sean McVay has been doing, innovating, literally changing the way people are playing offense in the NFL, you want to get somebody that has that's under that tree that has experience. Uh, wouldn't be mad at Thomas Brown, who's currently the running backs coach over there and the tight ends coach as well. I, I love Thomas Brown, have a good relationship with him. I would be fine with either one of those guys coming in to be an OC and the direction that they could take this Indianapolis Colts offense. So I'm going to take Shane Steichen, and you guys won't get to hear about a Callahan staff right now. Um, reason being, I think Callahan would has probably the worst chance of building a really good staff. Um, and secondly, I actually have Callahan listed at third on my favorite list for the job right now, not for like betting favorite, just like my personal favorite. Um, so Shane Steichen, I think Shane Steichen may be the most likely to want to keep Gus Bradley. Um, he was the OC in, with for the Chargers when Gus Bradley was the DC for the Chargers. Um, so they have experience working really closely together already. Um, maneuvering on both sides of the ball like that. Um, I also agree with shot. I think Bubba's staying no matter who the candidate is. Um, I, I think that is someone that the Colts are prioritizing stays. Um, I think Gus Bradley in the, this staff, from what I've heard, I think Gus Bradley and his staff is someone the team likes and they're going to see what the head coach wants to do with. I think the team wants Bubba to stay, Bubba wants to stay. And Bubba's looked at as around the league as one of the best special teams coaches in the league. So I don't think any candidate has even been upset about that notion, I want to say. But so for Shane, I so DC obviously, like I said, Gus Bradley, they have that coaching experience. I'm gonna go Bubba still for special teams coordinator. Um the OC is an interesting one. This did say dream though, right? Yeah. 
Stream. So, so I mean, this in this sense, I'm getting to pick whoever that makes sense. So, I mean, I think a quarterback coach for the Eagles, Brian Johnson, would most likely oh, yeah. get elevated in Philadelphia. Yeah. But Brian Johnson is a guy that I've been watching for a while. I really like the brain, the mind he has there. And I think he has had a lot to do with Hurts developing as he as he is. So I would love to get him in the building as the OC. But like I said, I could see that not being very likely with the Eagles wanting to just promote him themselves. Yeah. Uh, Brian Johnson is a guy that if if – Shane Steichen stays with the Eagles. Uh, I heard that Frank Wright has an interest in bringing Brian Johnson to Carolina to make him the OC. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but that's something that I heard behind the scenes. So we'll see if that's what what happens. I think, you know, the Eagles are trying to figure out what what Shane Steichen is going to do. Obviously, that controls a a lot of their decision-making and what direction they're trending in. But like Destin said, I fully expect if Steichen does move on, that he will be elevated into that role. Uh, last is Brian Callahan, who I truly have no idea what he would do as far as build building a staff, just with as few connections as he has. You know, he spent I know he spent a year with the Raiders, I think one or two years with the Lions, and and then he was mostly in an assistant role with the Broncos, you know, during a paid does man he, in time. Does, does, he, where... does he open up his dad's uh, contacts? Uh, I think that's more than likely what's probably going to happen. I can see uh, as a defensive coordinator, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm willing to bet he leans probably to a guy like James Betcher, uh, who's currently the Cincinnati Bengals linebacker coach, a guy that coached with the Colts. <laughs> Destin thinks he's a stud. So, you know, I can see him be, being he, – he's a guy that's been a defensive coordinator before. You know, he was a defensive coordinator with Arizona. I believe he's a defensive coordinator with the Giants as well. Not sure about that. I, I'm I'm almost sure about that. But he's a guy that, that has the experience, probably runs the defense that, that Brian Callahan is comfortable with. And you got to understand, the defensive coordinator that Brian sh- chooses is going to be running the entire defense because – Brian's going to be more focused on the offense and making sure that's together, which is why I think the offensive coordinator doesn't really matter as much as it would if it was a guy like Raheem, who uh, a defensive-minded coach that has to come in and rely on that guy to run the whole offense. But, um, yeah, I think James Betcher will probably be a defensive coordinator. And for uh, special teams, I, I said Bubba Ventrone already. That goes what I was saying. Now, OC is the interesting choice. Because there's a lot of different guys that Callahan can go with. My dream staff, my dream pick, and it's no way it'll happen because, you know, uh, Eric Bieniemy is not going to come here to work under Brian Callahan, to work under another offensive-minded coach, in my opinion. I think he's going to go somewhere where he's going to run the entire offense, but that would be that would be my dream guy, and a guy I can see Ballard convincing or trying to convince due to their strong relationship because they just have that tight of a bond. So I can see that happening. So what's next? What's next, Destin? 
This is a question I accidentally answered on Twitter. Um, the question was so good, I had to answer it right then and there, I guess. So I'll have to give a little bit more of an answer when it's my turn. Um, but this is from Poppy19 at Dito Richards. We've heard from him multiple times before. How likely is it the Colts are actually waiting on enemy, not Steichen? Also, I think it is a mistake to force Bradley to stay in Indy. Okay, uh... Destin touched on a little bit of this question, like he said on Twitter, and he Whoops. touched on it uh, early in the podcast. Actually, when he spoke about um, about Bienemy, you know, Bienemy not being out of the running is weird because he's literally the only person that hasn't had a round two interview that's still being talked about and still being mentioned. You know, those ties to Ballard are strong, man, and, and Ballard really, really, really likes him and adores him. So I, I can see him getting a shot without having the, the round two interview. Or maybe he's doing it secretly, you know, amongst, you know, just Ursay, a meeting via Zoom, maybe didn't come in in person, you know, and people got a chance to see it and report on it. Maybe it's happening behind closed doors, but I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I, I really think if they're waiting you know, if it goes into the weekend and we're still wondering, I do think Steichen will probably become the favorite and with good reason. And and to answer the Bradley thing, I don't think Bradley's being forced. I, I think that's the way it came out because, you know, you don't see Bradley taking interviews anywhere and people reporting that the Colts are holding Bradley and not letting him interview other places. But I think that's only as a precautionary measure just in case the new coach wants to keep keep Gus Bradley so they want to keep that option available without kind of pigeonholing themselves by having Bradley take a job somewhere else and then you know they're kind of left out I don't think he's being forced though I do think uh if somebody wanted to bring another guy in they will be able to uh, I, I don't I don't really see the coach forcing Bradley to stay against his will yeah um I, like I said, I answered it a little bit online. Um, from from what I, I mean, it's very similar to what Denver just did with Evero. I'm not saying it's going to be a similar result, but they knew that right. multiple people that they wanted for the head coaching job, they looked at Evero, they looked at what he did last year, and they had interest in him being back. So they wanted to hire the guy, let him meet with the team. Evero, the Broncos actually didn't decide they wanted Evero not to be the guy. Evero asked to be released from his contract, um, and he wanted and he wanted a fresh start elsewhere after meeting Peyton. Nothing against him. That's just what he decided. And he ends up in Carolina with ex-Colts um, head coach Frank Reich. So I think it's a similar situation with Gus. I mean, the Colts are going to wait it out, see who they hire, let both the head coach and let Gus Bradley figure out if that's a – relationship that they want to continue and keep and if it works for both sides then the Colts like Gus Bradley he did a very good job last year with the defense it just made sense um so that, that that's that part of it I do not think he's being forced um essentially after I've said it multiple times now but got to get that through and then yeah I, I think it's more likely it's Steichen um the enemy stuff is, is just the fact that everyone keeps wanting to say he's still in it um, after not even getting a second interview, that makes me believe there's some smoke there that he has a chance, um, which is kind of like what I mentioned earlier. Um, I do think it's way more likely still that it's Steichen. I, I think right now, if I had to like guess the Vegas odds, they've been everywhere though. I, I saw Peyton Manning was the favorite at one point, so who know who knows what Vegas <laughs> thinks? But I uh, think currently I, Wink Martindale, right? Yeah, if you. Giant Giants reporters do know the uh, ins and outs in the indie building, but um, my betting favorites, the Destin Vegas bets, would have I would have Brian Callahan as the favorite 
Um, when Chap, when when Mike Chapel, the Godfather of the indie beat, decided to put something out there on Twitter, you gotta kind of put some umph in that, you know. Like he doesn't do that lightly. So um, I'm gonna put Callahan as the favorite. I put Raheem Morris second, and I put Shane Steichen third. Yeah, uh, if I had to rank it, I would probably go with everything I'm hearing. Callahan is one. Oh man, I'm struggling with this because as the week as the time goes, Steichen is moving up my board, and I don't know if I'm ready to put him second yet over Raheem Morris. I think all oh, three are close. I think it's really close. Me too. I, I think you're splitting hairs. I'm gonna go Callahan, Steichen, Raheem Morris, and my fourth will probably shock you, but my fourth is Rich Basaccia. I think I'm gonna keep my yep. fourth as Eric Bieniemy. I think I think I'm keeping it there. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that, especially with that strong relationship he has with Baller. I'm not mad at that, man. Uh, well, that's all our questions for this week. Uh, next time we talk to you guys, uh, will be next Wednesday, of course. We will see you guys later, and thank you all for tuning in. Destin, did you have anything you wanted to say before we got up out of here? Nope. Uh, hopefully by the next time we talk, um, we have a head coach announced and we get to talk about it. And when I yeah, say man. hopefully, I mean hopefully. Jim Mercy no, said, we will have days, not hours. That man didn't say weeks. <laughs> week, a week, and a week and a half would technically be, still be days. It won't I, be two I, weeks. I guess that, that is true. But I ain't playing. I ain't playing, Jim. Days. I don't know if I could survive another week and a half. I'm gonna be honest with you. If we don't have another head coach, we're calling it. We're, we're calling in sick. We're calling in sick next week if there ain't no head coach yet. We, we just might. Oh, I might just. Retweet I might just this break the four, break the fort wall, and just tell you everything I've been hearing. Literally, just let it all pour out and just say, "Screw it! I don't give a damn what relationships I, I hurt. Who gets mad? Let it all hang." I'm gonna get a phone call or probably a tweet from from the higher ups though. So that's probably not an option. Uh, we will see you guys next week, man. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Saddle Up Show with Shad and Destin. We are out. Peace.